Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Hi, everyone. I'm Simona Fino, and today I'm really looking forward to introducing you all to Muna Nash. So Muna is the owner of Lovejoy's Tea Room of Ashland, and it's a business she's been operating for the last two years. She's been in the tea business for the last 20 years, and her original tea room in San Francisco was the oldest in the city. Muna has a unique style of tea room that has been described as quirky and whimsical, blending the tradition of tea service with an eclectic and playful charm. She felt that Ashland was a perfect place to bring this concept of tea room to life, and she's been living here semi-permanently since 2021. So welcome. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. Well, I am so curious how you chose Ashland. So it sounds like you're still kind of doing a little bit of back and forth, but San Francisco to Ashland. Well, I've been coming to Ashland for many years, of course, visiting the theater and loving what Ashland has to offer. And in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, I've got to open up a tea room in Ashland one day. And as the years were moving on, I kept thinking, I'm getting older. And if I don't open up that tea room in Ashland, (laughs) someone else is going to. So I decided... uh, in the beginning of 2020, mind you, right before COVID happened, to sign a five-year lease because I thought if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. And that's kind of how it came about. All right. And how did you discover Ashland to begin with? I'm curious. I know a lot of people, was it truly OSF, the Shakespeare Festival that drew you, or were there other things? You know, Ashland is one of those places that it seems like wherever you are, someone talks about Mm -hmm. Ashland. So uh, maybe the first time I'd heard friends mention that they Mm -hmm. discovered this great little town in Southern Oregon that had great theater and great restaurants. So I was curious and I took a trip and I loved it. I I just thought, oh my gosh, this is Mm -hmm. like, to me, it brought thoughts of Berkeley, um, which I had lived in uh, in my early 20s. I loved the Oregon vibe and the progressiveness of Ashland, the theater, of course. I immediately felt a connection to the town. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, I, I see. And it's funny that you say that a lot. I think Ashland does come up a lot as yeah. a town. It's kind of like Asheville, North Carolina. Exactly. That's another one. No, it is. is. And it's so funny because that just came up in conversation yesterday. So, yes, you're right. It's one of those places. Yeah. Yeah. So the tea room. So you had the oldest in San Francisco. Yes. Yes. My um, best friend from college and I took over this tea room in San Francisco in 2000. And we, I had been living in Ireland running a hostel and she was a stage manager traveling around the country. And we found ourselves kind of at a crossroads living in San Francisco, wondering what to do next with our lives. And I saw this little ad in the, you know, when you still read the newspaper, Uh (laughs) tea room for sale. And I looked at her and I said, hey, this tea room's for sale. You want to go check it out? I've done a lot of cafe work and traveled a lot and particularly learned to love tea in my time in Ireland. And she said, sure, I'll come on board, listen. 
midway through hearing about what business was for sale, she was kicking me under the table saying, I'll do it with you. And we sort of just jumped in and bought this little tiny tea room that sat 10 people. And we thought we'd do it as a lark for a couple of years. And, you know, 20 years later, we're, we're still in the tea business. So um, we sold that particular location uh, about seven years ago. And we have an English woman and an Irish woman running it together, uh, doing very well. And it is the oldest tea room in San Francisco. Yeah. That's a great yeah. Yeah. piece of history. And it's it's a really sweet space. Um, San Francisco has changed a lot over the years, but... It's just sort of a landmark now there, mm-hmm. and uh, really, really a sweet spot. And tell us where that is, just in case folks that are That is that in way. the neighborhood of Noe Valley on Church and Clipper Streets. And I will mention, that's uh, that tea room is very, very busy, so you want to book ahead about a month or two to get a reservation. Got it. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and so what got your interest in tea? You said you'd been working in cafes. But yeah, I did. A, I was in marketing and PR in, in my early 20s, and then I had one of those early midlife crisis <laughs> in my 20s thinking, I don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I had saved up a little money, and I decided I would go on a voyage uh, for a year. I had enough money to get me through a year. Well, two years later, I was still traveling with my backpack, landing in different countries and staying for a while, and I could always get work at a cafe or do odd jobs. And in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, you've got to have a time frame where you go back and get, get serious about you know reality again. And I'd never been to Ireland, so I thought, oh, I'll go to Ireland for my last two weeks. And I was in Dublin, and in Dublin I saw this sign that said, we need help at our 200-year-old stone hostel, stone building hostel. And I was intrigued. So I got on the bus, landed there, and I stayed there for two years running this hostel. And on Sundays we would open up and serve tea. But more charming were these little cottages in the town that I was living in, which was near Glendalough, about 45 kilometers from Dublin, would open up with signs that said, come in for tea. So people would come from Dublin in the buses, and they'd go into people's living room and have tea time. Just casual scones and tea Mm -hmm. and maybe a couple little sandwiches. And I found that so charming that, you know, it was, I'd had tea as a child with my parents, but it was always kind of pretentious and kind of scary but exciting Um, and this was just like having tea the way like that felt really nurturing and comforting so that's sort of how I got intrigued by tea and our tea room in San Francisco now the one in Ashland it's sort of mix match and I want you to feel like you're coming into someone's living room someone once described it as your eccentric aunt's living room, which I really like. I think it really is a kind of weird, quirky space in there. Everything, you know, is mixed match and there's some fancy things and some weird things. And so it's, and yet there's this tradition of having tea very proper with a teapot and fine bone china that by the way, doesn't match, but yet it's fine bone china. So it's sort of bringing together all these different elements to make it magical. Uh That's what tea means to me. Excellent. So your tea room in Ashland is set up that same way. Now, do you have to make reservations to come in? How do you we have set things um, up? We have uh, something called the Queen's Tea Service, which is proper mm-hmm. afternoon tea service. 
We allow two hours for that. It must be made by reservations. We have a room that we call the parlor in the tea room in Ashland. And it's the back room and we play Baroque music and you walk into it and there's just this very kind of serene vibe in there. Um, my mom was a very proper woman and I have a lot of her uh, Tiffany lamps in there. And, uh, so it's, it's decorated kind of in a fancy way, but also kind of, uh, you'll see when you yeah, go yeah. in there. I can't quite fancy describe. Funky, fancy, 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 <laughs> but not pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where you are served this kind of elaborate multi-course tea service, which starts with fresh fruit and organic spring greens. Mm. And then you have tea sandwiches, which are the little triangle sandwiches. And then we bring out warm scones that are served with real clotted cream that we import from Devon, England, and raspberry preserves. And then you enjoy crumpets that are served with lemon curd. And then at the end, you select sweets. And the whole time you're being served, you get to choose a pot of tea that never runs out. We call it the bottomless pot of tea. So you're just enjoying tea and tea service. So again, that's by reservation. Mm -hmm. Then we keep tables in the front room. The front room is decorated a little more kitschy, and there's kind of 40s music playing in there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of lively. There's a fun vibe in there. And those seats are available on a first-come, first-served basis. And that's for someone who maybe wants to come in and have a cup of tea, couple tea sandwiches, maybe some scones, and they're rushing off to maybe go do some shopping or they've got some other plans, but they, they just want to get a quick fix. Yeah. You know, that one is first come, first serve, and so tables are available on, on that system. And I also love making soups, especially in the winter time. There are things like a soup, a soup and sandwich special where you get a cup of soup, which might be a creamed asparagus soup with a Darjeeling tea stock or maybe a vegan lentil mm -hmm. soup that I love making, and you choose one tea sandwich. So though that front section, no reservations, just walk-in okay. basis, yeah. Excellent. And the uh, it sounds like you get lots of people. Do people ever come dressed up for oh, that? Oh, definitely. That yes. Queen's tea? That's what I was just picturing. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, some people come really dressed up, okay. um, like with hats and gloves. Uh, other people love to wear fascinators, which we actually sell as well. So sometimes they walk in and they see the fascinators and everyone in the group wants one. So then they're all seated together with these fun <laughs> fascinators. And some people wear vintage clothing, which is really fun. Again, very eclectic. Other people don't like to dress up. I'll be honest. I'm not someone who has ever enjoyed <laughs> dressing up, but I get such a kick out of other people dressing up. Uh -huh. Some people come in, you know, back century fair with long oh, wow. gowns. And, you know, so it's it's very eclectic and exciting to see what people put on. Uh -huh. Tea dresses are really fun. Vintage tea dresses. I have a server actually who loves to dress up. So what is a vintage tea dress? Oh, like a forties or fifties dress okay. with a low neckline and maybe chiffon and poofy on the bottom. Okay. All right. So it sounds like almost anything. Anything will go. Anything will go. <laughs> Excellent. So the um, the tea room, and then you have food. So you have sandwiches, soups. Yes. So people can be coming in for a little lunch. What are your hours? We're okay. open Thursdays through Sundays right now, eleven to five p.m. For the Queen's Tea Reservation, we do three seatings. Typically, eleven o'clock, one thirty, and four p.m. So 
Originally, my thought, because I would come to Ashland and go to the theater, and I kept thinking, oh, it'd be so nice to have tea now. And I couldn't find, I mean, there are places where you can have tea, but not proper afternoon tea. Mm -hmm. So I've done these seatings. So if you're going to see a matinee, you might come in for the 11 o'clock seating, or maybe after the matinee show, you would come for the 4 p.m. tea time. You may know that proper tea time is 4 p.m. However, our busiest time in Ashland and really at all our locations here in the United States is around lunchtime. So, but some people will come in at 4 p.m. prior to the evening shows, Mm -hmm. and then you don't really need dinner. It really is a very abundant tea service where that is your main meal for the day. And then, as I mentioned, in the front room where you can come in, we have soups, we have salads, tea sandwiches, which are two pieces of bread with the crust cut off and then cut into four little triangles. Those are delicate, dainty sandwiches. Most people will order two of those. Mm -hmm. Okay. So plenty of food and... Yes. Yes. And when we say tea, like afternoon tea does include food, which is a concept that is unfamiliar to many Americans. For example, in Ireland or or in England, when you say it's tea time, it's not only having tea or sipping the beverage of tea, it's having food with the tea. And then afternoon tea is an elaborate meal in itself. Got it. So do most people, when they're doing afternoon tea in those countries, are they following that up by a later dinner because they're just doing dinner later? Or does that replace... It often will replace, um, it was, it, it's interesting because the, the afternoon tea service was actually kind of brought into the English culture by one of the aristocrats who found it difficult to wait that you would have dinner typically around 9 or 10 p.m. and around 3 or 4 p.m. she found herself getting quite hungry so she requested little snacks at that time and that's sort of how it evolved. Depending on what tea time, everyday tea time in England or Ireland simply will consist of maybe a little cheese or some brown bread, something sweet always is included. But when you say afternoon tea service, that actually indicates usually uh, quite an abundance and you might have just a very light supper around 8 or 9 p.m. Okay. So it would be plenty of food for anybody wanting to yes. have that as a dinner. The Queen's Tea Service is a meal. Very cool. I always, when people book a reservation, I say, if, you know, if you're coming in for the first seating, very light breakfast. Certainly don't have lunch and then come in to have tea service. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Good to types of teas that you have because you must have done so much research over the years and tasted all kinds where do you get most of your teas and what are some of the more traditional and maybe popular excellent question um we have over 50 different types of teas that we offer and i'll be honest with you when we first opened up and i mentioned my my best friend from college was my business partner I was quite a purist when it came to tea, and I only wanted to serve traditional black teas that I had enjoyed in Ireland. When you say tea, what you're saying is a cup of strong black tea that you have with milk on the side. And she said, oh, you idiot. So no, <laughs> we're serving other teas. <laughs> so uh, luckily I listened to her because what we found is our genre of customers they're not necessarily serious about 
tea, they're serious about the tea experience. They want to have an experience, and that's what we're offering. And probably the most popular teas that we serve are what I sometimes refer to playfully as the uh, apple martinis of tea. So they're the fun ones like peach bellini tea, which is an herbal tea with little notes of not only peach, but apple and mango. Like they're just fun and light and enjoyable. Or we have a chestnut tea that has notes of caramel and maple in there. That sounds lovely with a little milk. I love coming up with blends like my latest one is Midnight in Paris. And that has bergamot, which is one what one tastes in an Earl Grey tea with notes of vanilla and organic lavender. I'm really into floral tea, so I love doing blends with floral notes. So yes, there there's a wide variety of tea. We use many different tea purveyors. For the more traditional black teas, we concentrate on Taylors of Harrogate, which is a very well-known English tea purveyor. And they provide us with our blend that's called Tea Room Blend that has notes of Assam in there, malty black tea with some East African black teas and a little Ceylon in there. Mm. That tea room blend, that particular blend, has been voted best cup of tea in England by the English Tea Council. So that's for a purist who comes in and says, I want a, I want a good cup of tea. I know what to bring. <laughs> Somebody comes in and they say something like, oh, I love fruity teas. They might enjoy the mango or an apricot or a royal blend that has notes of vanilla, grenadine, calendula. Mm. Yeah. So, so there's tea for everyone in there. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I enjoy tea so much. Excellent. That makes every, me happy. Every day. You drink it every day, so <laughs> do I. Yes. <laughs> but I've not experienced proper tea service. And oh. I, it's funny. I never thought to seek it out when I was traveling. Yes. Um, so now I might have to, next time I'm in one of those I, places, I'll definitely yes. have to. It's truly an experience. I like to say that the tea room it, it's an experiential restaurant. You're coming in to have an experience in there. And everyone should have at least one time in their life a proper afternoon mm-hmm. tea. Yeah. I, I, I'm already planning. I'm already Yay. in my head thinking <laughs> I'm going to take my daughter. Excellent. And we'll go do tea service followed by Chozu Bath Gardens. There See? we go. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Maybe a walk in the park. Perfect day. Yes, exactly. There's so I love Ashland for that. There's yeah, there's just so much. Excellent. A lovely day. Yes. Quite easily. Yes. And this is definitely adding to my list. So you now have been you well, you've been coming here, so you've been appreciating a lot of the things that this area in Ashland has to offer. Now that you've kind of hung out here a bit, you're saying you've you've lived here semi permanently. What does that look like? Because you were saying COVID, right? You opened a month before I I I signed my lease (laughs) and I I chose to um, wait a year before opening. So, you know, I was committed to the leaf to the lease, um, but I knew I shouldn't open. First of all, I didn't, none of us did. We didn't know. I thought, well, I'm sure it'll be just be a month. I'll hold off for the opening another month. And then it was another month. And then a year went by and I thought, I I just need to open. I opened in May of 2021. And of course, as we all know, COVID was still forefront but we we slowly opened we all wore masks up you know we just figured it out mm-hmm. we didn't do a grand opening like we normally do for any new location mm-hmm. we just did a soft opening and we've been slowly growing that way and uh, 
My original idea, because I still have a location in Pacifica, California, was to have a manager in place and operate both locations going back and forth to the Bay Area in Ashland. But due to the circumstances, I am the manager and and the busser and the dishwasher (laughs) and the server. (laughs) So there really is no time to go back and forth right now, which in some ways is a blessing. Like I've really had the opportunity to immerse myself in in the Ashland and Southern Oregon culture and and experience and, and really do a lot of things in my tea room that I hadn't done since the early years. So I, I, I'm very invested in this tea room now. It's mm-hmm. it's the, the newest baby and I'm very attached to it. <laughs> so what do you love about living here now that you've kind of had a chance to settle in and, you know, coming from the Bay Area, which I came from myself, you have so much down there. Yes. So much culture, so much going on. And yet... I also, I love it here too, but I'm curious to hear from your point of view, what are some of the things that you really appreciate about living here? Yeah. I think that when I would come to vacation here, I always left feeling like, oh, I wish I could stay longer. I, I, week went by so fast. There's, you know, so much I wish I could do. So the first thing that comes to mind is the four seasons. I had never lived anywhere where there were four seasons. And that first year that I was here was actually 2021. And we had that really intense summer, that really like intense heat, which I will be honest, I hate, I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Oh, I don't think I I can't make it through here. This is horrible. I, I always run hot anyhow. And then it was so hot, but then fall came and I had never experienced fall and it, I, I felt like I had been reborn. I, I was just <laughs> like every day I'd wake up like and I'd take walks with my dog and I, I would look at the trees and I would feel that brisk air and the sky was blue. I, I had never, I mean, honestly, I was like, I felt like I was on drugs and I wasn't, <laughs> but I, I, I was just, I thought I can never live anywhere without a fall. I, I need to experience fall for the rest of my life. And then winter came and the snow, it snowed on Christmas that year. Mm. And that was like, I felt like I was a child again. And I so appreciate the change of seasons. I don't, I don't know why it's so dramatic, but it really, for me, I, I want to always live where there's a change of seasons now. And spring was fantastic, but you know, we have spring in the Bay Area. It's like all year round Mm -hmm. is springtime. So it was lovely, but those two seasons, I could almost appreciate summer the next year because I knew what was coming that I, it was tolerable then. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I know what's coming. And it won't last forever. And it won't. And that's also like, there's something really kind of spiritual about Mm -hmm. the seasons Mm -hmm. of, of noting that like, this is what's happening now, but then there's this other thing that's, and then it's going to happen again. I don't know. It it was mind blowing for me. So the seasons, (laughs) that's like a top thing for me. I also, I will say the affordability of living here. I was able to to purchase a home here. I'd always had a fantasy about living in the woods, but I'm a city girl. Like I, I actually have never lived in the woods. I don't do well with critters. And I found this little house that is tucked away in the woods. I don't see any neighbors. I have over an acre of land and I'm 10 minutes away from downtown Ashland where I can have everything I need. So I'm living this fantasy of 
I get to live in the woods in a little cabin. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes away, I can go to any restaurant that I want. I have, uh, like, the chamber music is wonderful. There, You know, there's theater. There's everything I need. Uh, so I, I could never afford something like that in the Bay Area. And I like the ease of living here, too. I, I like the small-town vibe. Uh, I... I like that it's so easy to get around and, and there's not the stress that I used to feel living in a big city, traffic, parking, driving on the freeways. There's just something really sweet here about everything being so manageable. And now I come to Medford when I need to go to the city. <laughs> it's a big city to come to Medford. I just realized I've really shifted to a, a different pace and kind of mindset and I, I I don't think I can go back like yeah. to living full time anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I yeah. think those are things that I appreciate about yeah. being here as well. Yeah. That and just and being surrounded by nature. It's like oh. every time you look out, like you say that you know, it's not just a few fall trees on the streets, you know, it's also in all the parks and when you go on hikes and it's mountains, just, yeah. just everything. It's yeah. Really it's beautiful. Brilliant. It's beautiful. Excellent. So tell me about some of the places that you love going to, because I love to promote local businesses. And of course we have want to promote Lovejoys. Oh, <laughs> Everyone's yes. got to come have tea. But what are some of the other things that you found around here? Like when you, are there places that you take people when they come from out of town? When you have guests, some of your favorite restaurants maybe or vineyards or things that you yes. really appreciate? I love, one of the things I love is, uh, in particular in Ashland, because I'll be honest with you, when you have your own business, you're sort of just immersed in your business. And mm -hmm. on my days off, I'm often like I want to hunker down right. in my little cabin, but I, what I love are that these little businesses, you get to know the owners and, and everything mm -hmm. feels intimate and friendly. For example, I had the great pleasure of meeting Virginia, who owns Grizzly Peak Winery, and, and she was a guest at my tea room and then invited me to come to her vineyard. And she gave me a personal tour of the whole mm -hmm. vineyard, and it was so interesting to me to learn all about what she and her husband had created. They also moved from the Bay Area, I think, over 35 years ago. And, you know, just the intimacy that of being one-on-one -on -one like that or going into Webster's Yarn Shop, which is in Lithia mm -hmm. Park. And I don't even knit or crochet, but <laughs> I go in there just to look at the yarn and fantasize about one day when I'm going to learn how to... But, but she's just lovely too. And so, so it's sort of like just this intimacy, Renaissance Rose. That's a, a, a little shop near Ace Hardware that used to be in Lithia Park, but she moved to a bit of a smaller space. And I, I've gotten to know her and she rents out costumes. And then she has someone who makes hats in there. And we have a witch's tea every year at the tea room. And they created all these amazing, one-of-a-kind witches' hats oh that were goodness. so dramatic and fascinating and whimsical. So, uh, And, of course, there are just too many restaurants mm -hmm. to name. Like, you can't get enough of all the restaurants. Um, I think what I loved in Paddington Station and the jewel box that sells those cute tea dresses. I mean, you just go up and down the street, and 
every place is unique and fabulous. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. I love that whole little downtown area. And it just, it has a good feel to it. It really, it really does. It has a great feel. Yeah. And then you've got Lithia Park smack in the middle of it all. So it's, that's, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. tremendous. Yeah. So you did a witch's tea. So does that mean, do you do a, like events? We like do you? events, indeed. And that witch's tea, that was suggested by this wonderful woman, Melinda from The Hungry Hustle. Oh, do you yes, know her? I yeah. sure do. She is such a fun person. And she came into the tea room and we got to be friends. And she said, you need to have a witch's tea. I was like, well, <laughs> okay, tell me about what we're going to do. So she helped me plan the first one. It sold out. You know, who knew there were so many witches in town? <laughs> oh, there's always witches in town. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. Everyone dressed up. You know, oh, it, it was so just fun. wild. It was fun and playful. You know, it's it's just fun. It's yes. just we're having a good time. So then this, you know, people started writing in January. When's yes. the witches tea this year? So we had a wait list for the witches tea this year. And we had, we had a tarot reader coming in and, oh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was the, the witches. There's a, a group that does the witches dance in Ashland and they came and performed their witchy dance <laughs> and to drums. And, you know, it was just a hoop. And then we also, of course, do a traditional Christmas tea. And that was a lot of fun. And then we did a, children's Christmas tea where Santa came and visited and the children got to talk to Santa and that was a lot of fun and we do a queen mum's tea service for Mother's Day. Mother's Day is probably the busiest day of the year and we're doing a tea blending event next month. So yes, we love doing events. Those are always fun. We had um we had uh, the woman who owns uh, the Waterlee Farm, who's a very interesting woman, grows all these beautiful flowers, came in and did a wreath workshop in December where people created like these fabulous wreaths that they were able to adorn their homes with. And we served tea service with that as well. So yeah, we love doing events. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming we can find those on your website. Yes. You go, yes. Okay. Yes. So keep track. What's the next one that's coming up? The next one will be a tea blending workshop that's okay. coming up in March. Um, and then we'll probably do, do uh, tea tasting we're going to do tea flights coming up. Uh, okay. So I've got to get organized and get these on the website. Yes. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you. I appreciate all this information. <laughs> I'm super excited Yay. to go check it out. I'm really excited and I'm going to want to get you uh, on my new YouTube channel, which I'm in the works on, so that I can be adding a visual component oh, to a wow. lot of the stuff that I'm doing here with the podcast. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I'll be calling you about that. Oh. But yeah, but that's Fantastic. always fun to for people to be able to just to see inside of these places. Yes. I've been talking to so many amazing people like you, and yeah. it's fun to be able to go in and actually... And so many of us are visual. Like, mm-hmm. once you see something, then you really respond that yeah, whole like, oh, I definitely got to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for your interest. Thank you so much for what you're doing and bringing so many people together and letting us know about what's going on in this area. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, we will be back again next week. And until then, I hope you all have a fabulous one. This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.